This is Damon Udicek, and this is the Ideal Money Life Podcast. This is my journey to build a business from zero to $1 million in 12 months. I'm going to experience a lot in the next 12 months. I'm super excited about the journey. I can't wait to share my failures, my successes, and everything in between. All right, let's do this. All right, we are off and running today. Let's go ahead and talk about what happened. The, um, The morning was pretty uneventful, per se. Uh, I got up a little bit later than my normal time. I think I woke up about 5.20 or so and got all dressed up and ready for work and everything. And I don't remember at this point everything that I worked on this morning. Um, I know I took the effort of, I've got a little, I use the bullet journal method for managing everything uh, work-wise. Um, a lot of times I'm finding more and more that um, making that to-do list doesn't necessarily have a lot of uh, serve a lot of purpose anymore. Uh, if it's a couple items that need to get done, uh, then of course I get that done. But uh, really focusing on the on the you know having one major task to work on a day uh, that it tends to be more of how I manage my work now. Uh, so the, the morning went along as it did. I am working on transitioning a client's payroll to someone else. And so there was a little bit of work related to that. And then about, uh, 10th, I knew I, I had this appointment with um, my client out in California. And typically when I've had these, these, uh, sessions with him each month, we, um, we have them scheduled for lunchtime. Well, tradition, you know, every other week of the month, uh, it's mod day. So I go to this mod pizza joint that's literally 400 feet from my office. It's super convenient. Um, but the, the, the way we've got it set up with the time zone change and everything, he is right, that, that session is right at, uh, right at noon which I think is like 9 a.m. his time. Um, so as I was looking at my day, I was like, okay, um, in previous sessions with him, we didn't get done till one o'clock. And so by that time I was just starving. So I was gonna, I figured that I was gonna flip the switch a little bit and I knew that I wanted to go for a walk this morning. So essentially what I planned out was that I was going to go Right around 11, I was going to go for my walk. It typically takes me about a, a half hour that I walk. And then with the, you know, driving to the Greenway and everything, you know, adding another 10 minutes or so. Um, by the time I got back to my office, it was about 1130. I was like, okay, great. Now I can run, run quickly over to Mod, and, and then I will have the opportunity to eat my pizza. Um, and... I realized that I had to get the pizza to go instead of my normal sit down there, relax and enjoy being out of the office a little bit. Um, so that was that. 
and uh, it ended up that uh, by the time I got my pizza ready and my, my oh, I love the lemonade. I, I'm telling you, the mob lemonade is my favorite lemonade in the world. Um, anyway, <laughs> disclaimer, I do not own any stock in mod pizza. They're a franchise. Anyway, I just, I just love their pizzas. Um, <laughs> I'm such a dork. <laughs> oh goodness. I will not edit this out of the recording. Um, so I, I got back to the office and it was, it was five minutes to noon, which meant I had a whole five minutes to eat my pizza. And then I looked at my email um, because last month he actually uh, canceled on me because he was so busy, which was a good thing uh, that we, you know, we just, you know, readjusted it so that um, we would go a little bit further. Um, in any event, I, I, I checked my email and he said, I got in a little bit late. Can we go ahead and move back uh, 10 minutes? And so I was like, yes, <laughs> I'll actually be able to enjoy my pizza. I won't have to scarf it down. So I had 15 minutes to eat my pizza instead of four minutes or five minutes to eat my pizza. So I was, I was, you know, pleased with that, um, with that turn of events. Um, so we talked and, um, great thing was, is, um, he's having some really good success with profit first. Now we had to do some, um, advanced features with profit first. Uh, and, um, one of the things that we determined, given the nature of his business, um, he has to incur expenses, um, before he gets paid by the customer. So essentially, you know, if he's got a customer, he's got about $400 worth of expenses for that customer that are passed through expenses. Then he bills the customers and anywhere from, you know, two weeks to a month is the turnaround time for him to collect those, his, his accounts receivable on that account. Well, if you take that out further, um, it puts him in a little bit of a precarious position that limits the ability for him to grow his business. He, here's what we had talked about uh, previously in our, our prior session was he had a question for me, do I need a, a line of credit? I was like, okay, well, let's let's start working through your, your current workflow. When we're looking at um, how you originally paid for him, he puts him on the credit card. And that gives him um, basically 30 days of, of free cash to um, interest-free, you know, cash flow to be able to pay for those expenses. And, you know, from the time he pays uh, for those, those pass-through expenses, it's going to take him about two weeks to complete his work. Then he'll bill his client. And then in about a month on average is how long it takes him to um for him to collect from his customer. So from the, the time that he initially, you know, it's a 45 day period from the point where he puts money out to the point that he actually gets reimbursed for those client expenses. You've got 30 days where that, the, um, that 400 bucks pass through expense is on his credit card. Uh, but then you've got 15 days 
where he's essentially is financing that purchase. And, you know, we've talked about various different methods to free up cash for himself. But at, at that current point, the, the situation we were realizing was is that he puts himself in a, ca- a pretty precarious cash position. Um, and, and he ended up last month and got a situation where he got 1,200 orders, which was worth $40,000 to him that month. Hence the reason why we had to po- postpone that session. And, um, you know, so he's continually being pushed around by the, this, the fact that he's got 15 days of negative cash flow. And uh, so I was like, you know, here you are in a situation and, you know, his reputation is, is getting better and better. He does excellent work. And so he's getting other people um referring business to him and and so it's just it's it's it puts him in a situation that if he doesn't have the cash to fund that 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 period where he's fronting those pass-through expenses he's just um he's got a cap on his earnings he won't be able to grow beyond that point and so that that was one of the things that we talked about today and we talked about a, a couple of other ways to get a handle on that cash. One was, you know, to get a line of credit, but, um, you know, his current bank, he was running into some roadblocks there. He actually got denied the line of credit, which he didn't understand. And I said, well, you know, let's look at building a relationship with a local community bank. One of the, the challenges a lot of people run into is if they've got a banking relationship with a, a large national bank, the lending terms are tend to be the lending decisions tend not to happen at the bank branch level. And, uh, and the other thing is, is there, you never really get to build a relationship with a banker, which a banker can be a huge key to growing a business. Because one of the things that happens as a business grows, there's a tremendous it's like a vacuum cleaner going into your bank account. And that's, you know, that, that's why there's this, this, this stupid fallacy out there that growth of your business is the cure to your money problems. It is just simply not true. Uh, people think that growing and getting more sales is going to grow the business. The, 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 they don't realize is that the more they grow, the more they have to spend in order to do that. And then also what ends up happening is that the amount of money that comes down to the bottom line in the form of profit is diminished because in order for you to grow beyond yourself, you've got to hire people and then you've got to share some of your your money that you would normally take as a paycheck to your employees because they're working. And so what ends up happening as a business grows, the profits naturally decline as a percentage of revenue. And so that's you know that's the, the stupid fallacy of thinking that sales is is more sales is the answer to your money problems it's stupid it is absolutely wrong the key to growing the money position in your business is increasing the profitability making more money on each thing that you sell and also figuring out a way to be more effective on what you're selling the key to the game is return on investment. You have to systematically increase 
the return on investment you make for every single thing in your business. That is what I call putting on your big business underwear. So many people get into business as freelancers because they're good at doing something and either they get fired or they say enough is enough. I'm I'm sick of this corporate world and I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to go out on my own. I can get my own customers. And that works if they're good at what they're doing and they can have some semblance of ability to get new customers. But the problem becomes If they're good at what they're doing, they're getting new customers, they're going to be capped on how much money they can make because they're going to run out of time. And that's the the freelancer's dilemma is that they will get to a point where they just can't grow anymore. And so then they say, well, if I want to grow further, I've got to add in employees. Um, But then the other problem is is too often many freelancers make the, the decision that, hey, One way that I can get business is I'll just charge less. I'll charge less for the services. You know, the company I was working with, they used to charge 150, 200 bucks an hour for me to do the work. I'll just charge $100 an hour. So I'll undercut them. And hey, that's an easy way to get business is to charge less. Um, And the reason why the bigger companies charge more is because they've got overhead. But they also realize that they have to make profit on the work that they're selling. And so few people that become freelancers really think about the fact that, okay, I need to price my goods and services in a way that as I grow, I'm still making profit on these things when I have to transfer the work to someone else that I've got to hire. And so then you're in, you know, so the they run into this so many stupid business mistakes. Uh, Anyway, I'm, I don't want to get too further on that. Um, So anyway, we, we talked about, you know, getting back to uh, this guy out in California. Um, We were, we were doing a tremendous job and I was talking about a number of different things that I was doing in my business. Um, I think we came up with some decent ideas uh, for his profit situation. One of the things we talked about is, Hey, listen, start coming up with different ways to serve your customers. You've got different customers that are going to want to spend more for you if you provide a services in a way that was more valuable to them. And I gave an example from Mike McCallowitz where he had become kind of a unicorn in the IT world. One of the things he did is he niched in to the he, – he made a niche into the um, – hedge fund industry. And as I explained further, you know, in the hedge funds, um, having a good IT company was critical because if that company lost their computers uh, for half a day, they could be losing tens of millions of dollars. And one of the things that Mike did is as he was learning about his customer more and more, he asked him, "What, what do I do well? And and the answer that he got was, you know, the thing that's wonderful is you if we have a if if we have a downtime, you're you're here within 30 minutes. And so it was eye opening to Mike and Mike Mike was like, oh, my goodness, what this guy wants is he wants someone there immediately. And so I'm going to ensure and this is my best customer. He pays me well. He pays me promptly. 
and I've got this great profit margin with him, so I'm making a ton of money. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that this customer, my best customer, is served at the highest level. And he just told me that the most important thing for him was to be there within 30 minutes. So what Mike did is he, when he was developing the work schedule for, for everyone, he made sure that one person on the crew was always 30 minutes away from this guy so that whenever there was a, a, a IT problem, Mike's company was there. And so it was, you know, just eye-opening. And, and, you know, there, there, there's a tendency to say all my customers are equal. And um, that just could be from various fallacies that we grow up with. And the truth of the fact, matter is, is not all the customers are, 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 are the, the same. And I will say from my own experiences, I've got customers where um, I would send them an invoice and within hours I'd get paid. You know what that tells me? That guy values me. Then I've had other people where I would send them an invoice. Three months later, um, I'd have to send them to collections. That guy doesn't value me. And and so what Mike, you know, what, what I learned from one of the books that Mike Michalowicz wrote was the people that pay you the most value you the most. And what you want to do is get replicate those customers. Those customers are the key to your business growing and find as many of those. And you don't need a lot of people. You don't need a lot of people in your business. Um, in fact, the more people you have, uh, ten, and especially what could end up happening. The other thing you happen is you, these these people that um, are what I call the dregs of the customer world that don't pay you on time, that complain. They end up take, sucking your resources from you, sucking out your time, and they and then they they they're just nasty people, um, and they do this to everyone. That's just the way they they operate, and so. One of the exercises that I, I go through is who do I love working for and also who do I hate working for? And as soon as I see one of these people in my customer pool, I do my best to get rid of that person. They, they are on my pain in the royal behind list and they get I, I look at them and I give them the ejection seat um, treatment. They are gone. All right, so went through all that stuff, and then about four o'clock, uh, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at my clock, and I've done various other work, production, what I call production or client work done, and I got to four. Uh, at this point, I had not yet wrote my blog post, and I got back, getting back to what I talked about my earlier my one thing, and I don't really remember exactly why I didn't do my blog post first thing in the morning. Um, but that's irrelevant at this point. So at four, maybe it was 4.30, I don't remember. Um, uh, I was like, okay, I've got to get my blog post written. And uh, I, I I started looking back to some prior content that I wrote 10 years ago. And I started going down this uh, blog post. Uh, and I wanted, I don't remember the exact title of it. Um, actually, the, I, I did title it as... Um, one year of profit for success. That'd been a blog post I had started working on um, a couple weeks ago. And I got, I don't know, about maybe about 800 words. 
I typically try to make my blog post at least a thousand words. A lot of times it'll go to 1500 words or 2000 in this um, Elite Blog Academy, which is a course, uh, blogging course that that um, I'm going through right now. Um, the, the, the founder of that company, Ruth Sukup, had, had given us some training. She said, you really want to work on getting your blog post to 2,000 words. Um, what we're finding is that the more words you have in your blog post, the, the more that they're going to be um, rank higher within the search, you know, the internet search engine, Google being whatever. Um, so I, I was writing this um, article and then I, I felt like I wanted to talk about my, my Nana who had passed in, in January. And I wanted to talk, you know, share the story of um, this woman who um, this woman who I love. Um, I had a very dear, tender relationship with her and she she is the most amazing person I suspect I'll ever know in my life uh, and and I have the distinct pleasure of being able to say some some words and share my My thoughts on a life well led, and so I'm, I'm writing this blog post and, and realizing that, um, and I had some important points that I was going to share towards the end of the story, but then I realized that when I was looking at my my clock, um, uh, I had planned um, on it going till about six, working till about six tonight. So I, I saw that I wasn't going to get this article finished, particularly because I, I needed to research some items. Um, um, and I, I've got an Ancestry.com account where where I've been able to, to get some information that I, that I needed. Um, and I imagine some of the, the details in, in this this blog post about my, my Nana are going to be incorrect. And, and I want to do it justice enough to... to have enough of the information as correct as possible. Um, however, so I, I went on to um, start writing about a separate blog post um, that um, really detailed the last year of profit first in my life, both from a implementation standpoint of it in my own world, and also from the standpoint of what, um, actually primarily from the standpoint of how I've been using that to, to really transform the business that I'm, that I've, the, my whole business direction has been, um, fun, it has fundamentally changed everything that I've been doing. Uh, and, and so as I was writing this, going, you know, switching to this other article, I started writing about, um, the dilemmas I had as I, I really started getting into my accounting career and back to the time when I took the CPA exam and I had forgotten 
all the events and, and obstacles I had to overcome to to finally get that 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 CPA exam passed. And um, so I was going through that and then I realized, OK, it's it's five to ten here. Um, I've got Temple tonight, so I'm actually driving over to Temple right now. And the um, in any event, um, I realized I wasn't going to get that article finished. I think I got about 80 percent done and I'll get it finished um, when I get done um, with service tonight. Um, and I had talked with a lady a little bit earlier this week and, um, she's another profit first professional and, um, she, she, we had interacted and, and I had talked to her about some of the things that I was doing in my business. And she was like, she, she also wanted to work with realtors and, um, you know, I'm the first, uh, world's first profit first professional focused on, I'm going to rephrase that. I'm the world's first realtor profit first professional. And, and so I'm making my name in that as the, the, the go-to guy for realtors for profit first professionals. And, and so we talked and, you know, she's had a lot of success with realtors prior to her getting into the profit first world and her, you know, traditional accounting world of services that she provided. I went down to the um, mailbox and open up the, the mailbox, and lo and behold, there was a thank you card, and my heart was delighted, uh, because I had spent an hour talking, or actually you know, 35 minutes on a Zoom call with her early, earlier this week, um, sharing with her my experiences and, and what I thought were important to um, be a perfect, you know, realtor, profit first professional. And um, she also included a $5 gift certificate to Starbucks, which is right next door to my mod pizza. And um, Charlie is the manager of mod pizza and um, or not mod pizza. Charlie is a manager of Starbucks and uh, Charlie is a delight. He, he, he is so friendly. I mean, um, he is, he's just amazing. I, I, you know, I remember when I would go in there, um, more frequently, I'd go there first thing in the morning and, you know, do some reading and, you know, get my beverage and all that. And I would just observe him interacting with everyone, both his staff and also the customers. And I was just blown away by the way that he was, um, really treating everyone just amazingly. And then as I got to know him further, we developed a, a little relationship. In fact, when I was um, over, before I went out to Europe, I, he, he mentioned something to the fact that uh, he had been getting um, these coffee mugs. And I later found out that it was his, his, his parents that were doing travel. And so as they're traveling all over the world, they were getting, uh, uh, bringing back, coffee mugs from these different locations and um when i was talking with charlie i'd let him know i was going to europe and and i was like i'm going to bring back you know i'm going to be in three different countries i'm going to bring back three different mugs for you um and i brought them back for my good so so anyway i saw charlie um because i had this five dollar gift certificate and one of my favorite beverages out there is the java chip frappuccino high in sugar 
but it is delightful. Oh, I'm smiling as I think about that right now. So I walked in there and, and Charlie was, you know, doing his managerial stuff. He was doing some stuff on the computer and, you know, we both, you know, big old smiles and everything. I said, Charlie, I'd love to take you out to, to lunch. Um, I, you know, I want to hear your story because you, 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 you know, I was like, I, I, I just been so impressed watching you as a manager of this, of this location. And, um, I just, I want to hear your story, you know, because, you know, so few people, um, really, really love what they do. And, and that's what I see when you ever, every time I talk with you and see you and it's just like this big old ray of sunshine. And I just want to hear about what, what you're doing, but also, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've, I've enjoyed about Starbucks is they've got this great, amazing customer experience. Um, and so, you know, there's just, you know, so we're going to go, I'm taking them out for sushi um, next week. Uh, and so I'm sure I'll share about that because um, he's been in the customer service world for a number of years now and um, just really looking forward to that. Um, so anyway, um, I'm at the end of my journey here for today. I think this session went, uh, this recording went a little bit longer, uh, and that's going to happen. You know, um, I, my, my drive was a little bit longer than, um, to temple is a little bit longer than my drive to, um, home. So you got a little bit more benefit, a couple more stories than normal. Um, and, uh, this will be a longer episode. Hope you have a great day. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. That does it for today's show. If you enjoyed the podcast, do two things for me, please. One, subscribe to the Ideal Money Life podcast. And two, tell one person about the show. This is a labor of love for me, and I want to get the message to as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Ideal Money Life podcasts are for general information purposes only and do not create a CPA, tax advisor, investment, or other professional relationship. You should consult your professional advisors before you apply anything you've learned from this podcast. Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin, your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Have a great day.